Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Duke fans, you know what time it is. You know why we're here. Episode 600, 600 of the Duke Basketball Roundup. We are absolutely thrilled that you're joining us. I am Donald Juan. I am your host for the 600 episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup. Of course, I have Jason Evans with me. Jason, how you doing, sir? I am. I'm super excited for this, Donald. We, we should, full disclosure, we're recording 600 before we recorded 599. It's just the nature of when... Things happen, but we're releasing it. We're releasing it on time. This is 600, even though we're recording it on Thursday, not Sunday. We were going to get away with it until you spilled the beans, Jason. But I will forgive you for that. I will forgive you for that. But, Jason, as you know, on episode 100, we had Kenny Denard. In episode 200, I'm pretty sure Kenny came back. Episode 300, 400, and 500, Kenny Denard was on this show. And I'm thrilled that on episode 600... We are joined by Kenny Denard. Kenny, how you doing, sir? Very good. It's the hey, dog. The hundreds, man. That's what I'm talking about. Send me to Benjamins for this show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and before we talk to you, Kenny, we have, this is 600. We got to go bigger than 500. And now I'm so proud and honored to welcome back to the show, Sam Klein. Sam Klein. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 600 <laughs> of the Duke basketball, whatever we call this show now. I love it. <laughs> uh, I've got, I'm, it's great to see all of you guys. 
Uh, I'm I'm drinking a a really uh, lovely glass of uh, of Kentucky bourbon here. Uh, the only thing, well, one of the only things from Kentucky that any of us is allowed to like. So uh, <laughs> it's not blue, bourbon, it's not red. It. It's it's fine. It's fine for us. So bourbon uh, and Corvettes. Let's get the, and and uh, and bluegrass music. Let's get this show on the road. Absolutely. So we 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 have a full crew, just like you know episodes 100 through 500. We have a full crew for 600. Kenny, first of all, it's good to see you. I know you've been going to some of the games, and we want to start just – we haven't talked to you, obviously, in, in a while, uh, at least on this show. We want to start with just your general thoughts on this season. What do you, you know, you've been to a lot of games. How's this Duke team been looking so far? We're, we're, we're starting to peak. It feels like in a John Shire trend. We're starting to peak right in the middle of February as we get towards March. I don't really think we're peaking, if you can let me uh, kind of digress. I went to the Arizona game and was – pretty impressed with Arizona and not too impressed with us, but, uh, you know, this, this whole world of NIL transfers the, you know, the parody now that's pretty much across most conferences, it's, it's different. It's all different than it used to be. We got players that hang around a year or two, sometimes like Jeremy hangs for four or, you know, Grayson hung for four. I mean, back in the day, you know, Grant Hill, you knew he was going to be there for four. That was the way it was. Anyway, so when you look at each team, they have to find their identity. So the teams at the top, and many of them, and it's not just Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, uh, Carolina, there's all these top 20 teams now that it, you know, they have to find their way to find out. But usually by this time of year, you're going to find out what you're made of. So I would say on a trend line, you know, we're all, you know, we're so spoiled, us Duke Pansy fans. We're just, you know, so spoiled. And I take full responsibility for starting that trend. Uh, me and Gene and Jaminski, Spinarco, Bender, John Harrell, we started it, you know, the original in color, you know, before, after black and white, the 60s when that didn't count. <laughs> so we're really, you, we're really taking credit away from, you know, Boobus and, and, uh, and oh, Groat, yeah. You can't have, you can't have, all these no, they didn't, that's not the Duke that any of us, see the Duke <laughs> that people are coming to is still the Duke that was, that we started back in 78. And the reason I'm saying that is, it's not only spiritual, it's metaphysical, it's, 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 if you look at nobody, how many black players started Duke in the 60s? Zero. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Gene was our first great black player. Now I'm digressing, but I'm trying to show the trend line. Keep it going, baby. Keep it going. <laughs> what's happening here. You know, our team now we're so spoiled. We're, we're expecting teams to, but these, all these teams now in this current era, they have to find their way, you know, and some of them find their way. I mean, I remember when, uh, you know, Zion's first game, everybody thought we were going undefeated. I mean, let's think about it. That Kentucky game, everybody said, oh, I mean, you oh. remember the Kentucky game, right? Oh, my God. I, by the way, I have that still on my DVR. I, I watch oh, yeah. that game like every six months or so. I, that is a fun no, but It was a great game. But I'm just saying that November to February is a long time, right? And I kept telling all my friends who were texting me all panicky and this, that, and the other. I said, look, let's just see where we are mid-February. Well, we're mid-February, and I'm feeling better. But that, that that's not – yeah, I don't think we're peaking by any stretch of the imagination. This team has so much talent. Now they're starting to get a feel for where they are on the court. 
I mean, especially with McAim, which Mr. Sensitive calls Jared McCain, McAim, he has really become the super glue of kind of a cohesive squad, you know, when we need a bucket or we need a play or we need something. And of course, last night, you know, we had great work by our captain. And um, this is on Thursday, so this was Wednesday night again last night. But anyway, the point is that, the, and then, and you know, Flip started coming around, uh, you know, whatever his mid-season crisis was, girlfriend problems, whatever, I don't know. But the point is, they're starting to play better. So for Duke fans that live on every play throughout the year, I would just say, you know, find a doctor and get some medication because you're going to blow your head off. It's going to explode if you act like that or think like that. Have patience. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you you brought this up because I feel like I'm I'm experiencing the exact same thing where the the friends of mine from school that I talk to about the games seem this year like they are freaking out way more than they do normally. And they and 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 you know these people freak out all the time, right? Duke fans listening to this show, you 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 the listener might be one of these people that you know Flip has a game where he only shoots. 25% from three. And you're like, I can't believe he's, he's even, you know, considered one of the best players in college basketball. Everybody relax. Okay. A lot, it, a lot of changes are happening at Duke this year. We're still, look, we're, we're, we're still adjusting to John Shire being the head coach, which doesn't just touch the game plan. It touches everything throughout the program. There are so many things that we, the fans don't see that, uh, th that are affected by having a different person at the helm. That is still like we're still going through that transition. And then when we look at this year, the thing that that makes me, uh, you know, pause a little bit on my judgment about the team in, in mid-January is that there have been a lot of injuries this year and injuries to key guys. And it feels like every game you turn on the TV and they're like, and tonight. Jeremy Roach is is day to day. Tyrese Proctor is day to day. Mark Mitchell's, you know, hasn't hit a three in a few games. Oh, all of a sudden now Mark Mitchell's a great three point shooter. Like there have been so many ups and downs for this team. When you zoom out and you look at the record and you look at the the strength of schedule and you look at the the metrics, guys, Duke is totally fine. Duke like Duke's record is not is not UConn's record. It's not Purdue's record. Duke Duke's not you know, unless something crazy happens, Duke's not going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament this year. But to Donald's original question, the trend is up. And and the trend has been up now. We're we're talking here in like the third week in February. The trend has basically been upwards for the last four, six weeks because guys are coming back from injury, because the team is gelling more, because Jared McCain is, is you know, assuming this mantle that I... I I think we were excited about him coming into the year, but as I recall, when we were previewing this season, we were not saying like, oh, Jared McCain, far and away, the best freshman on the team, definitely going to be in the conversation for, for every national accolade. He has been that dude for the last well, month. You, you, you actually didn't talk to me then. Yeah, I knew. I knew because way, I, saw, I saw him practice and play at the K Academy this summer. And he reminded me of of a very uh, a smaller Adrian Dantley. He's got some really good, uh, strong legs. His legs are, you know, you That's look a at a great shout. Guys, wow, I love that man. A lot of our guys at point guard or small guard or whatever, you know, we've got spindly, you know, the the tiny ankles, the small knees. This guy's built like a 
you know, you know what kind of house, uh, uh, poop house is. I mean, he, he is solid. He's got so, and he's quick, and he's solid, and he's stable, and he gets square when he goes to the hole. Anyway, I could have told you that he was the guy that I said after that, seeing him at K Academy play with all the players when they did their scrimmages and stuff for us old farts. Well, I, 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 I want to point out that in the stats game, when we were talking about who was going to be the fifth starter and how many games they were going to start, I said, Jared McCain, because we, we figured we had four returning starters. I said, Jared McCain will start every single game this year, and I'm going to be right. Guys, I wanted to play off one thing that Sam was talking about, about, you know, oh, not, you know, Duke fans being, you know, we, we meant Duke fans being a little bit spoiled and, and, you know, John Shire just in his second year. A year ago, I mean, do people remember what Duke's record was at this time last year? Last year through 26 games, Duke Duke was 18 and 8, 9 and 6 in the ACC. This year we're 21 and 5 and 12 and 3 in the ACC. I mean, and, and, way and better. Way, and by the way, tied for first place. Like, yeah. Duke can still win the regular mm-hmm. season title, and it's like not even out of the. I mean, by the time you listen to this, I don't know that the Wake Forest game will have happened, and that's going to be a tough one, uh, or, or it was a tough one for Duke, I'm sure. But wait, wait, let's record like, two versions. Give an answer where we beat Wake again. <laughs> <laughs> Duke's, Duke, to your point, Jason, Duke is like totally in the driver's seat right now for everything except for a number one seat in the NCAA tournament, right? Winning the ACC, getting as high as like, like if, if Duke, if Duke wins the ACC, they're probably a two seed. Yep. And, and when you look, I, I, I don't know if we talked about this in the season preview, but when you look ahead at who the top teams are this year, rate, like opportunity for Duke to be playing in favorable arenas in the NCAA tournament. Like I am not right now super worried about Duke getting sent to weird tournament locations because, because all of this is in front of them and they're getting better all the time. I'm just last thing on that, on those weird locations, they're not any, I mean, there's really not any because the way they TV schedule it, they're going to put Duke and Carolina and those folks near the first game, first two rounds, no matter what region you're in, you're going to be in somewhere around home. That's just the nature of ratings and attendance and money. Okay. That's what the NCAA is all about scheduling. So the first couple games doesn't matter what region it is. It's that next round when you try to you know get through to the next round and that the, 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 the Second weekend is really and and all those are in major cities. These guys travel so much as kids. Yeah, you know, I mean they travel AAU. They know each other. None of this travel and all that crap matters anymore. So I, I don't worry about. I just like to see them do a tour, a a, a, a two or a three seed, because that way you don't have to see the one seed if you're lucky enough to make it. You know, till the regional finals. So if, if they can do a two or three seed. If they're a four seed, then they're going to probably meet up with the big dog of that region. So um, that's that until you know, earlier. And who knows? They may get beat. I mean, let's think about right. all the fun we're going to have with March Madness is right around the corner. So back to you. Hey, hey but imagine imagine Duke playing much better in the post, getting to match up against Purdue, right? Or 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 any of the, these top teams. I feel like they're. Uh, Maybe Kenny, maybe you disagree. Like that, they're not peaking necessarily, but they're getting better, and a lot of things seem to be coming together for this team. So, mm-hmm. getting better, and not. I don't think. I mean, they've got so much talent. If this team peaked and stayed on a peak for two weeks in March, we've got a real good shot. And when you look at the season, 
Kenny, right? Like you, you've seen it all. Like nothing, nothing should be surprising to the dog when it comes to college basketball. But when you look at this season, all the stuff that has happened, not just at Duke, right? Like you mentioned the injuries, you know, the, the flip having a, a little spurt and then, you know, getting better. Tyrese Proctor getting hurt, getting better. Jeremy Roach having an incredible season. Jared McCain going off. Mark Mitchell having, as Jason pointed out, Mark Mitchell just being terrible from behind the behind the arc and then being the best player be, beyond the arc in college basketball of the last month and a half. Like, there's a lot Statistics that's happening. Lie. Statistics yeah, lie. <laughs> there's, well, there's a lot that's happening within Duke, but then when you extrapolate even to college basketball, right, they just released the top 16 seeds, or at least the proverbial top 16 seeds, in the tournament over the weekend and the top two overall seeds that they have, have both lost bad. There's no real great team in college basketball. There's no real team. That's like world beaters. And even when you project one as, as, as such, they end up losing. What is there anything that has surprised you about this year, given that so much has gone on, not just at Duke, but just across the whole landscape. Well, I used to have a podcast and I did a thing with uh, truth and, Truth social, what? Well, not true social. No, hell no. Uh, with uh, oops, it was truth, truth and uh, something. With George Carl had a company. I did a podcast. We yeah, interviewed. yeah. And that thing we talked about then. The other host there, who was it? Not uh, anyway. We we talked about what NIL was going to mean, and it's NIL keeping guys from leaving. Like a why would why would uh, a bacon Baycott Bacconi, whatever his name is, at Carolina. Uh, why would he have stayed if he wasn't going to make more money there than the G League, right? That's why. So let's look at that point. That's one point, the transfer portal. So all this world here has made it actually, I think, better because I sit in my mobile home, I, excuse me, motor coach. I sit in my trailer. I sit in my little RV, and I watch six games on two televisions with multi-views and, and just love it because, like, there's a good game or two every night, and you would never watch them in the past, back in the day. You know, it'd be, if you weren't, if it wasn't Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, all the top, Blue Bloods playing, and some other good, but now there's good games to watch as a fan, and I love watching these games, and it's because of, but you, you got to kind of go through the hieroglyphics of for Billis or any of the, the commentators and analysts that are saying, here's Bill Smith, who started at uh, BYU, he transferred to Iona, now he's at, uh, you know, LSU. You know, that's the only thing that that's a little bit different, you know, because people play two or three different schools, but they're playing three or four with the COVID year, now five or six, but they're playing a lot more. There's just better games. So I guess that's my commentary on what the whole world looks like. And Duke has its own, you know, infrastructure to, to have to deal with that. When I was at K Academy, again, I listened to Coach uh, Shire talk to the campers. You know, this is the old farts that come and play back, pay a bunch of money to play. And he was talking about Duke is the only one of five schools that hasn't had a, had a player leave for the transfer port. Duke basketball is only one of five schools. That was a shocker. I did not realize that. Okay. So, but point being, it's a different world. We're having fun. Everybody can relax. And it's not the, the, the ayahuasca relax like rogers was talking about it's just <laughs> and now's the time we could lose a couple games between now and the tournament doesn't really matter as long as they learn from it they keep moving forward and they grow together as long as they stick together they got a lot 
they're starting to show some belly fire, which was the real criticism most people had uh, for, you know, most of December and January. When you look at the transfer portal, I know you, you mentioned how kind of volatile we'll say it's been over the last couple of years. I think that's why a lot of people are, are a little bit frustrated at how it's working. College coaches, uh, you know, being the, the loudest shouters, but probably the ones that need to be the most quiet. Uh, but if you look at it in a couple of years, the COVID years are going to be done, right? It's not, that wasn't in forever. That's not going to last forever. The the players who there are players who are in college now who aren't affected by the COVID year will not have a COVID year. Do you think it settles down after that? Or do you think it's still going to be guys may go to a school, kind of test themselves out for a year before they move on to the school that they end up at for the rest of their career? I think that it's not as much the COVID year additions, but it's more of a, uh budget exhaustion for for boosters and their collectives i think everybody kind of rushed in to help support their school for their collectives and i think after a few years people are going what are we getting for our money right that's what's going to happen uh in my personal opinion i mean i'm in the business world and i watch trends and you get a bubble all this money comes in and all you know alabama football duke basketball you know, the, the top teams, I mean, Duke football, who knows, who knows what their collective is going to be, you know, had such high hopes. And then all of a sudden we got this transition. Are they going to be able to raise enough money for the collective is, is Georgia tech going to be able to, you know, all these teams that maybe got a rush of money for their collectives to help with their uh, retention or attraction for transfers, that business side of the thing will, will have a, uh, show me the money, show me the production for this. And this is not corporate America. This is booster. This isn't where they can just go do an IPO. And we've seen that. Yeah. We've yeah. seen that already with like, I know the, the guy who went to Florida, he said he had a $13 million NIL deal. And then he got there and all of a sudden that deal wasn't there anymore. All of a sudden they're like, now nah, we're just going to pull it because they, they went after somebody else. It's, it, it's, it's gone both well, it's ways. Not, it seems it's like. Not, yeah. it's, it's not just that. It's not the commitment to the money. It's the actual dollars that these collectives can raise which mm-hmm. hasn't really been examined yet because it's still everybody's still spinning their head on what's going on what's going on huh? but the point being is i think when you have the four years and you have the collectives there's still going to be some balancing of power in the bigger schools with the better exposure and program so uh but the point is i wish i was playing now i'll tell you that i wouldn't have had to rely on manelas for free pizza you know that was my big perk at Duke. Uh, but anyway, that's I, I laugh and I jest. But it was, uh, you know, before cable, it was a whole lot different. But I'm I'm very happy. You know, of course, I would have had to deal with cell phone cameras. And then that would have been the end of me. So, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, NIL or no NIL, free pizza is free pizza. Everyone loves free pizza. It does not <laughs> well, matter yeah, how yeah. rich you ever get. Anybody who remembers Manelas knows what I'm talking about. Free pizza it's, is free pizza. From, from, from what I've heard. Because I was right after his time. If JJ Reddick could survive four years at school, I think anyone could have done it in the cell phone era. Although he was there in like the grainy cell phone pictures era, yeah, not really. in the like, not yeah. in like the the live stream era would have taken down a, a bunch of guys. That, oh yeah, that, that, that's tough. Yeah. Hey, but let's pause right here. Okay. When we come back, I've got some stories of of that I want to share with y'all about. Uh, okay, good. Perfect, perfect. Let's take a quick break here. This is fun. It's episode 600, More with the Dog, after this. Nothing, 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 nothing. 
This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather, and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many, leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist can help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional, licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Duke Roundup. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back. We are here. We got Sam Klein on the on the on the line. We got Kenny Denard here, and and Kenny, I I want to shift gears and and kind of maybe go a little bit more melancholy for a second into Happy Trails, uh, as we mentioned on a, a last podcast. Uh, Lefty Rigel, um passed away at the age of ninety two recently. I know you and Lefty were very close, and just wanted to give you the floor. I, I know you you've known him as a coach, you've known him as a as a player, as a man. Tell us. You know, tell us what your your relationship was with Lefty Giselle and and what all you know what all he meant to you. Well, you know, Dean Smith was a a, a very uh, good supporter of mine during my college years and after, and 
and Lefty was probably right behind Dean as far as he was always kind with words. And but when we were playing, you know, he loved we loved jousting with each other. We would joke with each other on the court. In fact, one time I remember I was diving for a loose ball over in front of the bench in Cameron at the Maryland place where all the kids were sitting behind the, the bench with their skull caps on. And I crashed into the bench and Lefty got out of the way and and I wasn't a great foul shooter. Okay. You know. I wasn't a very good free throw percentage shooter. So when I went down, Max came over and looked at me and he's going, stay down. We got stay down, stay down. And I would stay down and they'd put somebody in to shoot my foul shots. Right. And lefty's looking at the ref and he's going, he ain't hurt. I'm looking at him. He's laughing with Max. You know, I mean, he was just that great. <laughs> and, and then we had a couple of other Maryland experience. He coached me in the SEC, ACC all-star game after my senior year. And he was drawing some stuff on the board, and I'm going, what is this hieroglyphic? He goes, oh, that's right. You went to Duke. <laughs> I said, well, so did you. <laughs> uh, so but we used to laugh. But then we did a lot of fun things. Maryland was a, a great rival, uh, actually. Very, you know, back, I, I mean, you probably heard all about the, the Buck Williams thing, but, but that's kind of old news. But people don't realize that, you know, 45 years ago, February 3rd, I had the only double-double in the ACC that's ever been done before, you know, points and steals. So uh, when you have 11 steals in a game and it's still an all-time ACC record 45 years later, you remember that game. And I just, uh, and you know, that's just one of the big memories of Lefty over there. And then my junior year, you know, I got hurt. Gene and I ran into each other, and I was out eight games. And we came back. Maryland had beaten us up their way, but, you know, we beat, we had, I had a little tactic. I, I had what is now kind of known as red sparrows. I had these gals who I could send over to the hotel and try to keep the other team up at night. Uh, I know that's not probably something that people want to hear about today because of whatever political correctness, but, you know, Dude, I love a, this. We kept a couple guys, a couple of my girlfriend yeah. friends. Uh, Rick Pitino is still coaching college basketball. So I think, I think this is all I fair game. I would disagree heartily on that comment. <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen him coach a lick this year. Anyway. Oh, oh. He's, he's talking a lot. He's certainly talking about coaching a lot. I don't know if he's, he's, if he's yeah, doing it practice. He's basically doing the old Roy thing where he's throwing his players on the bus. I digress. Let me tell this story. So that, that, that uh, during the game when we're playing – Maryland, my junior year, I think it was it was the second game. They beat us at their place. We're playing them. And and I looked over at Ernie Graham and one of the other guys, I won't name his name, and I said, you look tired, man. He goes, oh, dog, man, these jigs. I said, yeah, I know. They're my friends. I sent them over. And he looked at me with that Popeye, and he goes, ah. Anyway, so <laughs> those were things that you could get away with. And you could get away with a lot more back then because they didn't have 12 – HD cameras doing every replay angle possible where, you know, how many more fouls or, I mean, we didn't have flagrants back then. We, we had, you know, <laughs> they'd say, get your ass off the floor. That's what, <laughs> but anyway, so, and then finally, you know, looking at uh, all the things that, that lefty did for Duke, you know, he was always a big Duke promoter, uh, even though Maryland was his heart and his, you know, his thing. And, and he was probably the best, his hall of fame speech. If you go to YouTube and 
go look at Lefty Giselle's Hall of Fame speech. It may be one of the best Hall of Fame speeches, uh, Nate Smith Hall of Fame, I've ever listened to. And I've been to, I went a couple years ago, and they're great. All of them are great, except oh, Huggy Bear was probably the worst I ever saw. I saw that one in person, uh, Huggins from West Virginia. He was, I don't think he'd had a drink, which was his problem. He was too stiff and he couldn't really, but anyway, I tried not to be too opinionated, but missed the left, left-hander and he st- he had great 92 years. I was on his Zoom when they, they, they had a Zoom uh, for Maryland players and Maryland top people, uh, Holiday, the, the play-by-play guy, I had a lot of friends at Maryland. Um, but the play-by-play guy invited me to be on that Zoom, so I was able to be on that Zoom, and and of course I had a couple of private messages telling me to go f, f myself uh, for the Buck Williams, <laughs> but they didn't say it out loud. And Lefty never mentioned it. You know that whole thing about n- nobody, nobody ever even thought that was what it was after that ACC championship game. It was years later until that turned into kind of a thing. There was no talk about it after the game. There was no replay about it. There was no argument about it. We won. Anyway, I digress. But Scott Van Pelt, he still still can't get over. So I have a uh, I have a quick lefty thing, and then Kenny, I have a I have a question for you that I, I want to come back to. Um, one one sort of quick memory. So when I was in school, they I don't remember what the occasion was, but they were honoring Lefty and Cameron. I don't know. He had reached some anniversary or milestone or something, and they and they had him there, and they you know brought him out on the court, and he waved to the crowd. And my dad and I were at the game, and so my dad was at Duke in like the mid seventies, and when when Lefty obviously was coaching at Maryland, and he said to me after the game, he said because you know most of the students at Duke like in the in the two thousands like when I was there don't even know who he was right because he is, he's long retired by the time by the time I was in school. And, you know, they, so when they do these things and they, you know, they mention Kenny or they mention whoever, any of these guys who, who played at Duke long ago enough that like the current students don't know who they are. They're just like, oh, some guy who played at Duke. And then the, and then the students like politely cheer for them. Uh, after the game, my dad was like, my dad was like, I, I can't believe that I was just in Cameron watching Duke students politely cheer for Lefty Drizel. Because when I was in school, we would have been booing him. Uh, right. So he's like, it's amazing how time heals all wounds like this. Uh, so that was that was my my quick lefty story that I that I wanted to share. Uh, Kenny, I had one. I had a question for you. Uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, the the sort of state of the program. John Shire still kind of finding his way as the head coach. I've I've said before here that that. Uh, you know, it's hard to say exactly how John Shire is going to be long term as the Duke head coach. We none of us know. We have to see it play out. But a lot of the the signs, to me at least, so far seem very promising. The players seem very bought in. The recruiting has not lost a step. Uh, you know, and and this year certainly the results on the court seem to be getting better than they were last year. You, of course, were at Duke prior to Coach K, and then and then once Coach K came on board, and and then you graduated, and you you weren't there when when you know, we returned to the final four, but you've, you know, you were at Duke at a, at, at a peak time. And, and also during that transition, what are you seeing from, you know, right now in Shire's second year that either reminds you of, of the transition that coach K was going through or is different from it. And, and how do you sort of compare those two moments, acknowledging that obviously college basketball in 2024 looks nothing like college basketball in 1981. Well, um, first of all, I'll say that 
back on that podcast with George Carl, I did a year before Coach K even announced he was going to retire and then named John. I told George, and he, he said, when Coach K finally retires, who's going to be? I said, John Shire. I just knew he's the guy, and he is the guy. He, and he is built for this. He is Duke through and through. He's beyond what I would say. Uh, he knows all the – I mean, you talk about why all the older guys, you know, I mean, a couple guys have hung on too long. You know, the guy in Miami, I think. He's a nice guy, probably a good coach, but – all of this is a young man's coaching game. Look at the pros. Look at the NFL. The young guy and John is perfectly suited for his experience. His his he's got the you know the CV for all the basketball. He's got the CV for the coaching. But more importantly, he's put great coaches around him that are perfect for this NIL transfer era. That you know that's so different. That's what ran out. You know the older guys. I mean, you know, we saw the frustration building with coach K and Roy and all, you know, uh, Jay Wright, all those guys were going, this isn't the, what I signed up for. So they're gone. The next generation is going to be these Titans of industry that can manage more than just the, the, during the season, it's the 24, seven, 365, uh, embodiment of college basketball. And I think John is built perfectly for that. You know, when we look at moving forward, right, you, you mentioned the recruiting, Sam, and, and of course next year we have one of the better recruiting classes of all time that's scheduled to come to Duke, uh, yeah. led by Cooper Flagg. Yeah. We're still actively we're still actively recruiting uh, as part of that class. Uh, you know, uh, Maluak is still out there, but you're a member of the Brotherhood. You've been around. You you've seen classes come in. You've seen where some have been successful. You've seen where some have not. If you had the had the ear of that incoming class, what do you think is the one thing that resonates about being a part of the Brotherhood? What do you think is the one of the important things that no matter whether the times change? that one true thing remains constant. Well, you know, we have a, a bullshit bingo card that I've, I've made that has all the squares that have like uh, going, he's he took that ball downhill or, uh, you know, there's, there's all these types of new colloquialisms out in space in football. You know, they threw it, he's out running in space. Uh, everybody's got to be the best version of themselves. I mean, how much, you know, it's kind of like we used to do this in meetings for, you know, having said that, or at the end of the day, or all these little things we, and then somebody would yell bingo because their card filled up with all this bullshit. <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to come and say to a player, some bullshit. What I would tell them is, Hey dude, if time flies when you're having fun, have fun. Okay. Just make sure you have fun. If you start to get bent, you start to worry and you start, you know, you got to have fun. And once you have fun, then you win. Okay. All the guys that are winning are having fun. If you notice that the guys that aren't winning are not having fun. So if you have fun, then you're probably going to be winning and you got to figure out how to have fun. Um, I'd never buy into the high school ratings hype. You know, I didn't know. I'd never seen Zion play. I never watched any YouTubes until I saw him play in New York against Texas Tech, um, that game. Uh, 
yeah, I'd seen the game on TV, but you know, the one with Kentucky, but that was like, what, what are you going to do? I don't believe any of these, these guys, once they get there, they've got to prove themselves to fit on a team. You're an individual of glory, crazy, you know, stats and YouTube and Instagram today. I mean, you got to come in and show that you can be part of a team. You may be the best player on the team, may have to be the not the best player on the team. You don't. So I'm, I would just say, have fun, be your, be your very best and figure out how to make this team, figure out how to make this team better. You know, I feel like. I feel like the entire second half of the podcast, I've done nothing but laugh. <laughs> Having Sam and Kenny together, man, guys, this well, has just been... Lefty, Lefty, like one thing, I posted this when I had this picture of me and Lefty about 20 years ago in Cameron. And he said, when I, Coach K and Gene, and, uh, Gene Banks and I went over to Greensboro my senior year before the season for media day. And we only had eight teams in the league back then. So all of us got lots of attention, which we all loved. But I walked by over there where the Maryland area was and Lefty standing up with his hands up in the air going, I ain't stupid. I just talk stupid. And I just, <laughs> we just kept walking by laughing. I just, uh, that was, that was then, you know. Good times, man. Amazing. Amazing. Look, Kenny, we, we could go for like six more hours on this, but. We're we gotta save. Go we gotta save some stuff for number seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, well, seven hundred is going to be very soon because the way we're the way we're doing pods, it's going to be uh, like this fall. I'm, I'm not. Tape, let's tape it next week. You can save it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about content for these because I feel like every time we do this, Kenny shows up and is like, "I got a bunch of new stories I never told you guys before." Yeah. Uh, you know this. Well, I, it, 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 it's not. It's not exactly like. It's not exactly like a like a Bill Walton, you know, Pac-12 after dark telecast. Um, but it's close. But it's, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I I I don't know, and I wouldn't judge you if it was the case. I assume there's like less LSD happening on this on this program than there is in the average Bill Walton uh, telecast. But still, still great content. So everyone likes it. I, I will I will say, Kenny. Last last thing before we let you go. I, I know you're probably gonna. I don't know. Are you going back for the UNC game? I assume. I'll be back for that. Okay, now everyone who's seen you in Cameron or or any other game, we know you. We we know you got the fit going. You always have the outfit of all outfits. Can you give us a sneak peek or a sneak preview of what you go? What, what's what's going to be the one? I know you got probably got the the GTH uh, GTHC GTH gear going, but what what's going to be the fit for the UNC game? Uh, you know, I, the the last game, the last home and home, the the Boston College and Wake games. I had a Robert Graham, a kind of a blue, a Duke blue uh, uh, animal stripe. Like a, yeah, it was kind of, like a, a, it was kind of a, a zebra sort of thing happening. Yeah, Ken, Kenny and I hung out a little bit at those games. Like a zoo bass? <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, then, the, then and, we, and, of course, one. So that, that has chances. And then, of course, the, the green, yellow, neon camo is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Because and then uh, during the second half, about eight minutes into the second half, I put the hoodie on as the rally hoodie to kind of get these guys. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting four rows behind the bench. If they can't look up and and see that there is light at the end of the tunnel with the rally hood on, so uh, that worked out okay. So I don't know. I, it's always a game day decision, but I've got this new Ralph Lauren polo camo that's kind of, but it's a little too camouflagey. 
it's actually camouflage. Whereas the, the right, you like it when it's outrageous, man. You like it to stand yeah. out. We're not worried about you blending in, Kenny. You don't. You you do a very bad <laughs> job six, of eight. blending in. Yeah, you're like you're you're six eight, and you wear the loudest outfit in the arena, kind of no matter what. So, well, it's thanks to my wife. She says she likes to see me on TV and have a laugh. You're a tough man to hide. He likes yeah. to laugh at me. Oh God, this is special. Well, I love it. Well, hopefully, hopefully we will see you soon, uh, whether it's at the UNC game or during the tournament or, or elsewhere in life. But Kenny Denard, the dog, always a pleasure to see you. Uh, and, and talk to you on episode 600. Sam Klein, good good that you're back. I think he's frozen uh, at this point. Oh, but uh, I here. Am I here? Oh, he's still here. Am I, am I not he's still here? here. My video, I think, is frozen, but but my voice remains. Your voice remains. We we we, we always love having you. That you know this is your home, so stop by anytime. Uh, you know you still have you still have stuff here. We'll we'll be back soon to talk about uh, some stats game, hopefully in uh, in in late in or mid April uh, when we're done with the season, but. This is episode 600. Again, thank you so much to everyone out there who has been a part of this for 600 of these things. We, we started almost 10 years ago, or a little over 10 years ago at this point, and we are now here at episode 600. We have some more episodes coming, ladies and gentlemen. We will get to 700 and beyond. We have a tournament that awaits. We have games that await. This is the fun time of college basketball. This is the fun time of the year. We're getting close to that magical month of March Stay tuned with us, dbrpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of Denard. If you have questions for him, we will save it for the next time he's on the show in, in 100 episodes, which, again, could be in like three weeks. We don't know. But until <laughs> then, Jason Evans for Sam Klein. For the dog, Kenny Denard, I am down the line. This is episode 600 of the Duke Basketball Roundup. And now it is time for the Duke Band to play us out and take us home. Guys, thank you. Fun stuff, always. Yeah, the, I figured you'd like. I figured y'all like the Red Sparrow thing. That's good. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I've never said that publicly before. You. <laughs> Look, you got to. You. You. I somehow put that in the notes in the show notes, uh, Jason. Like, hey. Plus, it, plus <laughs> a hard story that's never been told before. Yeah, like <laughs> unreleased. Yeah. Got to have one at least for you guys. Let me make sure that when I when I hit the mute button and my lips are still moving, just give thumbs up if I'm mute. Am I mute? Not I'm yet. Mute. Okay, I'm mute. Not yet. Am I mute? No nope. mute. Nope. I am mute. No, nope, you're still I'm talking. You're fucking oh, with us, man. You know on. you Stop. are. Hold on. Hold on. Stand by. Uh, you're not as bad at technology. We know that you're not as bad at technology as you're able. Oh, that's what I have to. I have to. Oh, I know what I did. You know the truth is, I can mute you manually. Wait. You're now muted. <laughs> Can't hear you. I did it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> <laughs>